year to the next. One word can take you from the bottom to the top. One word can take you from being not well to being healed. One word can take you, amen, from not being delivered to deliver. One word can take you, amen, from poverty to prosperity. One word from God can change your life for the better. I got any witness, amen, God ever gave you a word to change your mindset, to change your situation, to change, amen, the things around you. One word from God. God can change you forever. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. And looking at today's topic, the church that, excuse me, the touch that changed me, I want to begin by focusing on two of the key words, which are touch and change. Touch can be defined as to come into contact with someone or something. The touch can be physical, emotional, financial, mental, and even spiritual. In other words, a touch allows me to join, connect, be impacted by someone or something for a period of time. The touch can be quick and brief, or the touch can be longer and lingering. Regardless, contact and connection have been made. In my personal life, I know that without a doubt, God's word has and will and continues to touch my life. Hebrews 4 and 12 kind of gives us or gives us what that means. So if you don't mind, turn your Bibles with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. The book of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 which reads as follows, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints of marrow and the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. For the word of God is living, is active, is fresh, is strong, is powerful, powerful, operative, and effectual, and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints of marrow, and is a discerner, it is skilled and fit to judge of the faults and the intents of the heart. Each week as we as God sends us a word on Sundays and midweek services and revivals and workshops and such like, Jesus is sending us a word that is living. It is alive. It's, it's also active. It's engaging and ready to engage, energetic and ready to work. It's fresh. It's newly made. It is freshly revealed and tailored to meet our current needs. It is what we would consider a rhema word. It is strong. It has the power to move heavy weights, able to withstand forces as well as pressures. And it is blessed. It, is the, it brings deliverance protection as well as prosperity. As I begin to see the potential and power that comes with God's word when I hear it, understand it, and make connections with it, I want to apply it in my life. I want to apply his power in my life. I want to apply, apply uh, his anointing in my life. I want to see God's word come to pass in my life. Not only is God's word living, active, fresh, strong, and blessed, it's also powerful and sharp than any two-edged sword. It has power to bring about something operative and effectual. What I mean by operative, it's going to bring God's word comes to operate on us as well as in us, influencing us and working on us to bring about a change for the better. It's effectual. It's going to bring about success in my life. It's sharper. It has an edge on it that's able to cut and pierce things in us and from us. And God does that every day through his word. According to the Hebrew writer, I can expect God's word to discern and judge my faults and my intentions. How many ever know, uh, how, how, how many can testify to the fact that one day when you was reading the word, it just, it just started reading your mail. It just started getting stuff out of you. Say, okay, you know what you're doing, don't you, Dobbs? I said, okay, God, no, no, God, no, you know, but God, you can't hide from God. Y'all know that, right? You can't even, you can't even try to pretend like God don't even know. 
see, God's word works. It's designed to work in us, through us, and on our behalf. His word comes to us with purpose and ready to change our lives for the better. See, God, God's word has changed and is changing us and will continue to change us and make us better if we hear it in faith and allow it to change our life. We can expect the second word I want to bring to your attention is change. Change can be defined as to make different, modify, alter, and replace with something. The Holy Spirit is the master teacher who will send a word in our life to modify us, alter us, move us, and replace things in us. He changes us and makes us better. In fact, let's, if you don't mind, go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. The book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. The Bible reads as follows. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we see here, therefore, if anyone is, is in Christ, he is a new, he is fresh, he is unused, he is uncommon creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And see, when the Lord touches my life week in and week out with his written and revealed word, he is changing me and making me better. He is making me fresh, unused, unworn, despite my past and present situation. See, when I hear and apply and connect with God's word and apply in my life, he is gradually changing me and making my perspective different than what it was before. He's changing my character, changing my attitude. He's changing my finances. He's changing my marriage. He's changing my single life. He's changing my parenting. He's changing how I lead. He's changing how I act. He's changing how I think. And he's changing it so in turn it's being more like Jesus. Therefore, we want to change. We don't want to just be changing to be changing. We want to change to be more like Jesus. We want to think more like Jesus, talk more like Jesus, act more like Jesus. So when God, when we talk about change, it's not just change to be changing. It's changing to be more like our Savior, our healer, our Redeemer, our all in all. His name is Jesus. And we want to change to do things his way and not our way. This touch is changing me, yet it starts with my choice, my decision to come and secure his word. It's up to me to make the choice to receive and seek understanding of God's word as a priority in my life. It's a choice that we make when we come to hear and receive God's word. You made a choice this morning to get out of bed, even though you had to fix your clock up a little bit, praise God. You got out of bed, you came onto the house of God, and now you're you're here to receive a word from God. And I believe God's going to do it for all of us in the sanctuary. And some people didn't make that decision. So be happy about the decision that you made. In fact, look at five people and tell them, I'm happy about the decision I made this morning. I'm happy about it, praise God. I could have did something different, but I'm happy about this decision. I could have made a different decision, but I'm happy about this decision. This decision is going to change my life for the better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A decision is a conclusion or a resolution reached after considering my options and my alternatives. In my experience, I've made decisions with limited insight and, and limited power, limited responsibility, and and the potential outcome for the situation, I really had no idea. My decisions did not reflect the word, but they reflected more of my opinion and my desires. And I don't know about you, but I've had to repent of making decisions based on my experience, on my limited know-how, based on what I thought about the situation. I had to repent and say, God, you know what? I messed that thing up real bad, God. Father, have mercy upon my soul. Lord, I got myself in this mess. Help me to get out of it. And let me say this to you. God has no problem in helping you get out of the ditch you put yourself into. 
He ain't got no problem with that. And let me say this to you. There's not one person in this sanctuary that has not made a decision that did not put them in the ditch at one point or another in their life. So before you point at somebody and laugh at them about being in the ditch, you ought to remember the time you was in the ditch and say, Lord, have mercy upon my sister or my brother. Because it was a t- time I made a decision that got me in the ditch and, and, and people were laughing at me and I didn't feel good about what thou feel. But God, have mercy upon my soul, God. Help me to get out of this ditch. Thank you for helping us, God. Woo! Look toward heaven and say, thank you for helping us, Lord. Woo! Thank you for helping us, Lord. I'm learning that some decisions can have a profound effect on my destiny, especially those designs that are not in line with the truth that is in God's written and revealed word. Therefore, it is imperative that I strive to be more Christ-minded in my decision-making. In the past few weeks in Bible study and Sunday morning worship, we have been studying the impact of decision-making in the lives of people that Jesus ministered to during his time on the earth. We have been learning it is important to be Christ-minded Uh, every day in order to mature in our judgment and ability to make sound choices. We know that our theme scripture is a constant reminder that we must allow the mind of Christ to be in us. If you don't mind, turn your Bibles with me to the book of Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. The book of Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Again, our theme scripture for the year, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. You should have this marked in your Bible by now. You, amen. Most of us in the sanctuary. Notice what it says. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So we need to allow or permit this mind, his way of doing things, his opinion, his understanding, his judgment to be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. It is our choice to allow the understanding, the attitude, and the opinion of Christ to be in us. He is not going to force his thoughts on us. We must be mature in our thinking and mature to the point that we realize that his opinion, his way of doing things, his understanding, his judgment is better and more valuable and will take me a whole lot further than my own opinions. Whew, glory be to God. That's for his judgment has more weight than any judgments that I could make on my own. In fact, I can't get an opinion from a natural, from a natural standpoint that's going to be any better than God's opinion. Therefore, there, we have these examples that we've talked about these last few weeks. I want to talk about two examples that we have talked about that when they made these particular choices, it changed their life for the better. Number one, Mary, Martha's sister. She chose that good part, which will never be taken away from her. If you don't mind, let's go to Luke chapter 10 and verse 42. The book of Luke chapter 10 and verse 42. Of course, you can go back and and, uh, our podcast and get these messages. But I want to just remind you of Luke chapter 10 and verse 42. And the Bible says this. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. She picked out from all the alternatives, she chose what the Bible says, that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Jesus commended Mary for choosing to hear and comprehend the word of God. And as mentioned before, Mary is an example of all of us who, uh, excuse me, who, who made an intentional choice to come and hear and make connections with God's written and revealed word. Her choice was so profound that Jesus told her it would not be taken away from you. Can you imagine God telling you it will not be taken away from you? I mean, if God tells you that, you can better believe it will not be taken away from you. And number two, The one leper who returned, and I would say the former leper, who returned to Jesus after a powerful healing service, fell down on his face at the feet of Jesus with a heart of gratitude. So let's go to Luke 17. Oh, excuse me. Stay in the Luke, book of Luke, and let's go to chapter 17, verses 15 through 19. 
Luke 17, verses 15 through 19. And the Bible says this, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, verse 17, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give excuse me, give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Oh, there was that one individual that came back to give God thanks, to show him gratitude, and he was a Samaritan. But when he did that, the Bible says he was made well. Not only was he cleansed of the leprosy, he was delivered, he was protected, and he prospered. Because remember, the lepers had to stand off far away from everybody. They couldn't have any family time. They couldn't take jobs. They couldn't do many things that you would do with a group. But when God, amen, say you were made well, not only was he delivered, protected, but he will also prosper. He also prospered. Good God Almighty. Well, isn't it good to know in one, with one word, God can change your status from one area to the next. One word can take you from the bottom to the top. One word can take you from being not well to being healed. One word can take you, amen, from not being delivered to deliver. One word can take you, amen, from poverty to prosperity. One word from God can change your life for the better. I got any witness, amen, God ever gave you a word to change your mindset, to change your situation, to change, amen, the things around you. One word from God can change you forever. We have to question, will I be the one to come back and tell God, thank you? Of course, we talked about, emphasized last week, important how it is. When you come into the house of God, we come, amen, with thanksgiving. We come thanking God for him delivering me. We come thanking God for him bringing me out. We come thanking God, oh, God, last week, amen, you put gas in, the, in my vehicle. Last week, you put groceries on the table. Last week, God, you did this, that, and the other. Last week, amen, I, I did this and you did it, God. Last week, God, so this week, I thank you in advance for doing for what you're going to do next week, God. But don't worry, God, I'll come back into the house of God next week and tell you, thank you for doing what you do. Mm. Will you be the one? Will you be the one? Will you be the one? So it brings us to today's text in Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, we're going to read 25 through 34, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it a little bit. Mark chapter 5, going to start at verse 25, going to read down to verse 34. I want you to notice what it says in Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 34. Powerful text of scripture. And let me kind of, uh, again, like I said, I read to you Matthew, but I'm going to focus in in Mark today. I want to focus in Mark. Of course, this same account is written in the book of Mark, Matthew as well. But I believe it gives us more of a, more of what happened during this particular time. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? Verse 31. But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude throwing you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. Verse 33, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Hallelujah. So now let's go over and start 
I want you, today, I want y'all to think about and see this particular picture. Jesus, actually, when he's getting ready, when this woman gets healed, he's actually on his way to heal somebody else's daughter. He has his disciples with him, and they're walking. And he, he's on his way at the request of this man, of this father, who had a daughter that wasn't doing well. And on his way, a woman sees him. And she had heard about Jesus. She had heard about what he could do. And she had heard about the power that's in Jesus. And she decided, I'm going to try this one out. I've been to doctor after doctor after doctor. And none of the doctors could give me the relief I was looking for. But I believe from what I heard about Jesus, he can give me the relief that I'm looking for. And so as she, she saw Jesus and she made a choice, she made a choice that changed her life for the better. And I thank God that she made that choice. Again, we talked about other week. We talked about how one leper came, former leper. I can't call him leper anymore because he's a former leper. Came back and told God, thank you, and changed his life for the better. There was this individual, a man who was a former leper, came back and told God, thank you. And I thought about this from, from this standpoint. What decisions have we made in our life that have changed it for the better? What decisions have we made in our life that have changed it for the better? Or what decisions have we made in our life that didn't change it for the better? Now, let's face it now. I kept, Dobbs has made some decisions that did not turn out the way Dobbs thought it was. Oh, y'all want to say Richard? Richard has made some decisions that has not turned out the way that he thought they were. And so if y'all can learn from me what not to do and what to do, I believe your life will be a whole lot better. I'm not going to make that the same decision that he made because this decision right here is changing my life for the better. Now, as I mentioned before, change is a process of making something, something or someone different. To make modifications, to make adjustments, and at times replace one thing with another. See, change is inevitable if we're here on this earth. Now, let me say this to you, and I want, uh, before I go into this, nobody stays the same. Nobody stays the same. I know we say we do, and I say, I never change and all that kind of stuff. Please. If you don't want to change, you know your body changing, don't you? Y'all know, but my hairline used to be way down here. I did not get permission to go way back here. Y'all know what I'm saying? I didn't get permission. I didn't ask. I said, hey, hey, hairline, stay down here. No, it didn't listen to me. It decided to go on back. So I can't say, you're going you gonna, to, well, Pastor, I'm going to stay the same. I ain't going to change a bit. Okay. Age brings change. 10 years old, 25-year-old, 50-year-old, 70 years old, everybody changes in his or her life. Relationship brings changes. Work brings changes. Married life brings changes. Single life brings changes. Divorce brings changes. Air, li life brings changes. But change is a necessary part of life. We want our changes to make us better and not worse. So Matthew 5, 25 says this, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. And you know what? She wanted to change. She wanted to change. 12 years. 12 years. 365 leap year, 366 days. 24 hours a day, flow of blood. She wanted a change. She wanted a change. Thank God for God's grace that kept her, though. I know we may overlook that. Hey, but she was kept 
for 12 years. She was kept. I said, God, you know what? Some of us ought to be thankful. We may not be at the total place we want to be in certain areas, but thank God for the grace that keeps us. We may not be totally debt-free, but thank God for the grace that keeps you with the monthly payments. We may not be totally healed like we want to be, but thank God for the grace that keeps us moving to and fro. Thank God for his grace that helps us along the way. Grace is here to, let, to help us and start us on our way every day. Grace, you know, uh, I don't know if y'all remember this, uh, my brother, but keep this in mind. I used to jump out the bed when I was about 30 years old, 20 years old. Jump out the bed. I'm talking about, boy, the long hair, I can jump out. Boom, there it is, boy, I'm on the floor. Running out there. Now, well, we wake up, we look around a minute. Then we start moving a little bit. We got to loosen the muscles up. Hold on, not to run a, a marathon, just to get out the bed. Just to get out the bed. Because, but God give me grace, though. I'm about to set the long clock for 20 minutes earlier, but I'm going to get out that bed, though. You see what I'm saying? It takes grace to keep us, y'all. And, and at times, our deliverance and our healing might be immediate, but other times it might be a process. We're grateful for God's grace, whether it's immediate or a process. Now, this particular woman here doesn't even give us a name, but it tells us this. She had suffered many things from many positions. She had spent all that she had, and she was no better. But rather, she grew worse. Wow. She suffered. She had experienced and had been subject to many things from many physicians. Now, what were you... Think about that. She went to several different doctors, could not get any relief, but at least she had the money to go to many different doctors. She, she had a little money. I don't know where her money was coming from. The Bible doesn't let us know this, but she did have some money because I go these days, before I even go see the doctor, they want some money up front. Thank y'all for the four-way man. Pray for the rest of y'all. They want money up front before we even go back and see the doctor. So I don't know what her situation was, but she went to see many physicians. The problem was she had spent all that she had, and she did not get better, or she did not come to a point where she was useful in her mind or advantageous or profitable, but rather she grew. She be, look, this is what interesting. She grew worse. In other words, she wasn't as worse as she was, but she continued. Her health went downhill. She grew worse. She became established, but in a poor quality. She became ill, and one definition says this, she became unhappy. In other words, not only did it affect her body physically, but it affected her mentally. And sometimes when you're not getting better, it can affect you not only physically, but it can also affect you mentally. You're thinking, God, by now, after I saw all these physicians, I should be getting better. I should be getting better physically. And if I don't get better, I'm taking this medicine, I tried this treatment, but yet I grew worse instead of getting better. It can affect you mentally. It can affect you mentally. Doctors, nurses, specialists, and so forth cause, can cause you to get worse instead of getting better. Oh, my God. But something happened along the way in verse 27. I don't know where it was. I don't know who did it. But she heard about Jesus. She heard. She understood and she comprehended and learn about Jesus. See, this is what I like about this text. One thing I know, she may have heard about Jesus, but not only did she hear, she learned something while she was listening. She learned something about Jesus. She understood something about Jesus when she heard it. How many of us come to the house of God and understand what we're hearing? Do we understand? Do we understand like this woman did in which we're going to learn that Jesus is a healer? 
And no matter how long you've been dealing with whatever you're dealing with, God can still heal your body. I've been dealing with this for a number of days now, a number of years now. She's been dealing with it for 12 years. And Jesus, she heard that Jesus could still heal her body. She heard, oh, I've been I spent all the money I have. So do I need money to go see this, this particular person? Oh, you don't need no money, sister. All you need to do is get his attention. All you got to do is touch him, and he will heal your body. Well, I don't have anything to give him. It don't matter. With Jesus, it don't matter what you got. You come to him just as you are. You ain't got to fix it up. You ain't got to get it together. You can come to him like you are, and he can change your life. For the better. Isn't it good to know that God don't look at your financial history before he makes a change in your life? Isn't it good to know that God doesn't look at your where you've been and where you're going before he makes a change in your life? Isn't it good to know that Jesus is there and he is ready? Because when she came behind him in the crowd, she didn't go in front of him. She came behind him in the crowd. She came behind him in a crowd. And this is what she did. She touched his garment. She clung to and she fastened to his garment. And she clung to it. Ooh. I thought about a few points I want to think about. Somebody was out there telling her about Jesus. And they were sharing the good news about the gospel. The Bible does not tell us who she heard it from, but I do know this. Her, her, whoever witnessed to her had her faith to the point that she said, hey, if I can just touch him, I'll be healed. He ain't got to call my name. I, listen, me and him, it ain't got to even talk. All I got to do is just touch his clothes, and I'm going to be made well. Her faith had gotten to the, so high and up to the point. She said, you know what? I ain't even got to have a conversation with him. I ain't got to talk to him. All I got to do is, he got to talk to me. All I got to do is touch his clothes. And I should be made well. What kind of faith did that woman have? Think about this for a moment. Someone's waiting for God to speak a word out of blue heaven. Oh, she, oh, oh, she said, if I can just, whoo. Let me, let me show you how powerful that is. Just, just touch the chair in front of you. That's all she had to do. Touch the chair beside you. That's all you got to do. And she'll be made well. What if we had that kind of faith? If all I got to do is just touch Jesus, I'll be made well. I ain't got to go through no long, deep prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, the God of heaven and earth and the universe and so forth. I mean, God, he did not say one word to her and she received the power of God. Her, somebody had witnessed her to the point that her faith was so strong, it was so to the point that she believed if I just touch his clothes, I will be made well. Is our faith to the point that we'll believe that whatever we ask God to do in the name of Jesus, he'll do it? Or, or do we like to say, well, God, I believe you'll do it now, but will you do it then? Oh, she understood who Jesus was. She comprehended what they had taught her. Whenever they told her, hey, you know what? If you can get close enough to Jesus, you know what he'll do? He can heal your body. I mean, I know you've been dealing with this thing for 12 years, and it seemed like you'll never get well. I know, I know you probably have thought that, you know, you will have this your entire life, but Jesus can touch you, and that thing will be gone. I know the doctors, I can imagine... I, I don't know this for sure, but I can imagine one doctor told her, you will have this your entire life. Because you know doctors like to say that, I, if I can't heal you, you will have this your entire life. Like the doctor got the final say so. So, you know, doctors, when they can't find the answer, they say, well, you know what, you'll have this your entire life. And when, I, I can imagine one doctor told her, you'll have this your entire life. But one person came, hey, 
I know what that doctor told you. But if you can get to Jesus, he will heal your body. God Almighty. Woo! He'll heal your body. I, I, that person I would love to have met, the one who told her about Jesus. Because anytime your faith is so strong, you will go through a crowd, not even say Jesus' name or nothing like that. Just touch it close and you'll be healed. Her faith had, somebody had, had preached to her in a way that caused her faith to grow. Because the Bible says this, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Woo! Somebody had preached to her the word and the word caused her faith to get so strong. Good God. Because in verse 28, she said this. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Ooh. If I just touch his clothes, I shall be made well. I shall be delivered. I shall be rescued. I shall be made well. I shall be healed. I shall be whole. Not might be, but will. It's our faith to the point that we believe God to the point, I shall be debt free. I shall be delivered. I shall be blessed to be a blessing. I shall have millions and millions of dollars. I shall be. I shall be made well. She had a good understanding of who Jesus was. She Evidently, she was listening to that Bible study. She, she was listening to that service, boy. She said, I can't, I, uh, listen, that was one service. I don't know how many she went to, but that was one service. I'm glad she's, I'm, I'm, I, I can imagine she was glad she went to. Oh, I, I might have missed one or two or three, but I'm glad I went to that one. Because that decision changed my life for the battle. It changed her. When she heard that word, it changed her for the battle. What is God speaking to us to change our life for the better? She said, if I, if I touch him, it's going to change me. If I touch him, it's going to change what I've been dealing with for 12 years. If I touch him, it's going to change my mindset, change my attitude, change my way of thinking. One touch. Not 22, but one touch. One touch. And the woman's faith was rewarded. Because in 29, the Bible says, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in the body that she was healed of the affliction. Immediately, at once, instantly, the fountain of her blood was dried up. Dried up. Notice that one decision Something she'd been dealing with for 12 years got an immediate response from God. Whew. 12 years. The muscle, well, somebody said, did it happen for you overnight? No. <laughs> I went through 12 years of this. And when God healed me, I was so grateful. But that one decision she made, one decision, and she felt in her body that she was healed, she was cured, she was made whole of the affliction. Something that had caused pain or suffering, and if you don't mind me adding this, for 12 years. 12 years. 12 years. How many of us know that God's timing is perfect? God's timing is perfect. For this sister, his timing was immediately, instantly, right away, without delay. Immediately, she was made whole. She was, her issue was resolved on the spot. This one decision to touch Jesus connected her with him, changed her life for the better. What decision will you make today? Will you connect with Jesus so in turn he can make your life better? What decision will you make today? Well, God, I believe you, what you said about this, that, and the other. And, and, this, and how do you know it won't change your life? For the better. Do you know that right now, when you make a decision that for, for something about Jesus, and you may not tell me, but God knows what it is, that it may change your life right now? Right now for the better? You know what it gets you out of debt right now? It can heal your body, right? It can bring you out, right? 
I know I didn't say with, uh, immediately, but right now. I mean, God can hear you just like that. God is not upset with you right now, but God loves you right now, and he can heal you right now. But thank God for his grace if I still got to do one more day. Thank God for his grace if I have to go another, another second. But what if she would have missed her opportunity to touch Jesus? How much longer would she have dealt with something she could have been healed with just like that? Think about this. If she would have missed this one opportunity, if she would have made the decision, you know what, I'm not going to touch his garment. I'm not going to go in there. All the people around him, I'm not going to go in there. I'm not going to. All the people were thronging him. I, he wasn't by himself. He had a bunch of people around him. And she went in there and touched his garment. And she was made whole just like that. What did she have made the decision not to go? What did she have said? You know what? It, it looked too hard to go there and do that. It looked too hard to give that much money. It looked too hard I mean, to believe God for something like that. Oh, it looked too hard. She looked past the difficulties. And she said, you know what? If I may touch his clothes. I shall be made well. And it was resolved on the spot. And when she touched him, Jesus immediately knowing himself, verse 30, that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Can you imagine Jesus walking? In fact, he's on his way to someone else's place to heal their daughter and somebody else. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry, y'all. I just caught something. I just caught something. He was on his way. Now, I'm going to give you a preview of what I'm going to talk about here in just a moment. He was on his way to heal somebody else's daughter. But yet, after, he, after this woman touched him, he called her daughter. There's something in that, y'all. You, you, you got to get that. <laughs> you, got, you got to get that. But anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus is on his way. I just caught that. I mean, I've been looking at that thing and saying, oh, my God. Because let me say this to you. Look in the Bible and see how many times Jesus calls somebody daughter. And it calls you to think a little bit more. And now he calls her daughter. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Woo, Jesus on his way. Somebody touches him, and then all of a sudden power comes out of him. He said, who touched me? Who touched me? Who touched me? Because he knew power, strength, ability, and influence had came out of him. It came, I mean, literally came out of him. And what was powerful about this to me, only a certain amount of power could have came out of Jesus at that time. Y'all got to hear me now. See, Jesus had to regulate the power even though the woman didn't ask permission to touch him. Y'all know how much power Jesus got? Jesus got enough power to raise Lazarus from the dead. Jesus got another power to, amen, to heal a leper. Jesus got enough power that when they crucified him at the cross, he got back up with all power in his hand. And so you know he had to regulate the power that came out of his body. He couldn't let all that power go out. That was too much power. She couldn't handle all that. She never would have died. She'd been living right now because all that life was in him. In him was life, and life was a light of him. I mean, that was just too much power. He had to regulate so much. Even though she touched his clothes, hey, he still had to regulate the power. He knew strength. He knew strength and ability and power that came out of him. And so, and so he looked around and said, hey, who touched me? He touched me because somebody has gotten a certain amount of power out of me. Somebody's gotten a certain amount of power out of me. And when she, and when she, and, whew, I like, I like what the disciples said. The disciples said, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? But notice the difference between thronging him and touching him. 
A lot of people thrown Jesus, but how many people touched Jesus? Okay, God. How many of us in the sanctuary right now as I talk are touching Jesus or are you thrown in Jesus? Because there's somebody probably in the sanctuary right now that there's some people in the sanctuary. I pray this not. I pray that you have repented of thronging Jesus, just coming to church, not even receiving what God has for you, but you made up in your mind, I'm going to touch him from now on. I'm going to touch Jesus from now on. I'm going to cling to him. I'm going to fasten to him. I'm going to get power. I'm going to get strength. I'm going to get ability. When I come into the sanctuary, when I leave out of here, I'm going to have power. I'm going to have strength. I'm going to have ability. I'm going to have an anointing. I'm going to have love. I'm going to have favor. I'm going to have, I'm not coming to church just to rub up on Jesus and not get nothing from him. I'm not, listen, listen, I, listen, I love y'all dearly, but I would not come here just to come here to rub up on Jesus. I got to get something from God. I got to get something from him. I got to get something that's going to heal me. I got to get something that's going to deliver me. I got to get something that's going to protect me. I got to get something that's going to prosper me because I deal with too many demons out there to come in here and act like I, I'm not dealing with something. So when I come in here, I want to touch Jesus. I want to cling to him. I want to fasten to him. I want everything God has for me. I can't let you distract me. Come on now. Hey, come on now, Mary. Mary, Martha, Martha, I know you're busy being distracted by my servant, but come on now. Be it like Mary, be it the feet of Jesus. Get his word because his word is changing your life for the better and it will not be taken away from you. I got to get that. I got to get his word. Too many people go to church and just push up on Jesus. Too many people come to church and just, you know what, hey, if I get it, fine. If I don't get it, fine. Too many people come to church and say, well, you know, if I come, if I don't go, you know. Too many people do that. I need some people that are hungry and thirsty for God. I need some people, amen, that say, you know what, God, I don't know what Pastor Dobbs talking about this Sunday, but I'm going to pull on the anointing. I'm going to pull on his power. He may not even know that I'm touching Jesus. He may not even know. That, listen, his ministers, his disciples may not even know that I got power and strength coming out. I, they may not even know that I got power and strength coming out. And I know you, you may be sitting beside me and I may look all calm, cool, and collected, but I'm pulling power from God. I'm pulling, I'm pulling anointing from God. I'm pulling love from God. I, listen, I got something coming up next week. I need God in my life. I got a situation, a doctor's appointment coming up next week. I need his power. I got a situation at work. I need his power. I got a situation at my school and I need his power. I got a situation at and I need his power. I ain't playing with this thing, boy. I'm, uh, I got a marriage I got trying to keep together. I got some children I'm praying for. I got a workplace I'm trying to get together. Are y'all following me here? I got a, oh, <laughs> I got a doctor's appointment where they, they tell me they got the test results coming back. I need God's power in my life. And I ain't playing around with this little stuff. Tell me what I'm going to rub on Jesus. Please, I got to have some, y'all. Listen, life is too precious to just touch on Jesus. I need change. I need what this woman needed. I need power and strength and ability. And God knows how much to dish out to me. He knows how much I need, but I got I to gotta hook up, though. <laughs> I got to hook up, though. I just can't come in here and that, well, just want to fall. No, no, no. I need to hook up with it. So it, however you bless me, Lord, I want all of it, God. I want everything you got for me, God, because he knows what you're going to deal with next week. He knows what you're going to deal with next month. Sometimes God, you know, you're going to need so much power in six months. He got he to just, let me issue it out to him a little bit at a time. They can't take all this but what they're going to do, what, six months from now, they're going to do every bit of that. 
They're going to need every bit of that. They don't know that doctor going to come in there and try to talk crazy to them. Talking about, you got, you got six months to do this, that, and the other. Oh, no, 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 no. Hey, hey, that's why I need to make sure I hook up. And every time, every time I come into the house of God, I'm getting strength. And I may not need it next week, sister. I may not need it next month, my brother. I may not need it two months from now. But hey, there could be a situation that comes down the road. I need his power. God said, I got to give it to him. And I come in here hooking up. And I may be cool, calm, and collected for the month of November. And I may be all right for the month of October. But I may be all right for December. But when 2024 hook around, and everybody's singing, hallelujah, welcome to 2024. I may be talking about, they could be coming talking about my job if I ain't watching. They could be talking about, amen, hey, we finna lay off some folks. And I don't need to go in there, hey, <laughs> talking about, oh, getting scared and fearful and afraid. I need God's power to keep me in here. They may come and tell me something about my child that I wasn't expecting. I need God's power to hook into me so I can deal with what's going on in my life. I need his power. I need his power. I need his power. And before I go to this next text, let me, next scripture, let me say this to you. That's for somebody in the sanctuary. Somebody needs to understand that you may not get everything. You may think you just get uh, something that's a good sermon. But God is, is getting you ready for what you got to deal with here in the near future. So take heed. That includes me too. I always try to pay, pay attention to what God is saying. But I want to make sure that I'm going to be ready. I'm going to give you a real quick example and, uh, of something that happened just in, in my household real, real, just recently. Uh, my daughter was dealing with a situation for, from the car company. And uh, I ain't going to lie to you. I was ready to blow up the place in my mind. Because, number one, you're messing with my baby girl. And so, but she called out, oh, it's going to work out for the good, daddy. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Let's go in there. <laughs> Let me get some of my, let me get some of my real brothers. I know that. <laughs> they, they still got a little edge about them. <laughs> they still got some stuff in their trunk. They <laughs> still got <laughs> some C4 and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> we going to make sure. That, I tell you, say no one more time. <laughs> That's what I was ready to say. But anyway, y'all know y'all pray for y'all pastor, don't y'all know? <laughs> well, I don't pray for y'all. Yeah, you better pray because y'all never know. But she was talking so much faith in there. And she was calming me down talking faith in me. I said, ooh, that was good right there. I said, God, you teaching me right now because I got to repent what was going on in my mind right here because this was not a good thing. But she said, but, but the statement that I want to bring to your attention is this. She said, Daddy, you've been teaching faith to me for years. Woo! <laughs> Who been teaching you? <laughs> Woo! So I, I, I'm Y'all pray I strengthen the Lord, y'all. It ain't over till God says it's over. Whew, glory to God. All right, anyway, touch the hem. Touch the clothes. Him is King James Version. And he looked at him. I'm, I'm going to close this out because I'm getting close to the end. So just give me a few minutes. He looked around to see who had touched him. He looked around. And when, but the woman, I want you to notice something. Verse 33. But the woman feared. She's scared. And she's trembling. She's afraid. Knowing what happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Isn't it amazing? You can walk in power one minute and next minute be dealing with fear and trembling. Walking by faith one minute, but next minute be there dealing with fear and trembling. But isn't it good to have a word from God? Isn't it good to have a word from God? You probably never have. You never got the victory, and then two minutes later, got a phone call. You never, you never been overcoming, and then five minutes later, somebody at your job act, act funny. You never, amen, say, hey, glory, hey, thank you. And then your child come bring you some news you wasn't ready to hear. And then, but notice what he says, powerful text. And I, I wish I had time to really go into it, but he called her daughter. Daughter. I want you to look at the number of times that Jesus called somebody daughter and tell me that's not powerful. Daughter. Woo. He was going to heal somebody, daughter. And he stopped and called her daughter. 
knows the term of endearment, knows how personally he got with her. And this is what Jesus would do for you. He'll get personal with you. And, and I love that definition for daughter there. It means acceptable to God. I know you felt like an outsider, but now you're acceptable to God. I know you felt like you couldn't get in, but now you're in. And for, listen, not only are you in, now on. Now on. From that day forth, she was no longer on the outside. She was a part of the family of God. Because why? He called her daughter. Acceptable to God. Daughter, your faith, your trust in what you heard from that person who witnessed you, your conviction that what that person told you about me is true. Your confidence that if you touch my clothes, you'll be made whole has made you well, has delivered you, has healed your body, took that flow out from 12 years. Not only did I take the flow out from 12 years, I'm healing you mentally as well. I'm healing you mentally. And not only that, you know that money you spent all, all that money you had? <laughs> Glory! I'm going to give that back to you too. You know what all this was based upon? One decision that changed her life forever. And then he adds more on to it. I mean, she already blessed y'all. Y'all see that, right? And then he says, hey, now, I'm adding this piece. Daughter, go in peace. Woo! Sorry, y'all. I got to teach this. Go in peace. Hey, I know you, I can imagine. See, in my mind, it doesn't say this, but in my mind, she had been dealing with this issue for 12 years. Night and day, day and night. And now, he said, go in peace, go in tranquility, not only that, go in prosperity, and be healed of your affliction. One piece I wanted to add to this is that not only was she going to be she healed then, but he was making sure that anything came up, she was going to be healed in the future. And that's what God would do for you. But what does it start with? A touch. A decision to cling to Jesus, a decision to take heed to his word, a decision that what God says is going to come to pass in my life. And when you do that, you see how it changed our life for the better? And you know God's not a respecter of person. Just real, real briefly, look around the sanctuary. He's doing it for them too right now. He's doing it for that person in the, in the black. He's doing it for that person in the green. I mean, you see that person in the red? He's doing it for them too. You see that person in the black? He's doing it for them too. He's doing it for them too. Because if God can do it for this woman, he can do it for you too. Don't you ever stop and say, well, I guess God just healed her. He's not healing anybody else. He put it in this book for our learning. And he wants us to know. If you cling to me, each time you come to the sanctuary, if you grab a hold and take hold of my word, the same thing happening for you. Woo! Better is here and better is coming. Bigger is here, bigger is coming. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at occvr.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the Give button to give online 
or you can utilize text to give text give to the number 770-692-2225 that's 770-692-2225 join us on our youtube channel subscribe to our podcast and connect with us on social media we also invite you to join us in a live service we're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.